Welcome to a brand new face-off. My name is DJ Eberle, and alongside me, like he is every Monday, except here's the catch. Today is Tuesday. Stan Hootie, we weren't able to, uh, well, we actually both weren't working on Labor Day. We both actually had a day off for once, which was nice, and nice way to recharge. And now we're back to duke it out here in uh, the studio here on 20 Lake Avenue over Deflate Gate. I believe, uh, did we, uh, we, I think this is the first time we've actually talked about or debate, debate over Deflate Gate so far, right, Stan? Yes, yes, we've had a couple callers that have talked about, uh, you know, the how coverage. They wish, how they wish they'd see less Tom Brady. We're actually doing the exact opposite, but exactly. it's but, timely. Uh, today was uh, very timely that... Uh, yeah, the ESPN report with, you know, their possibly Spygate and Deflategate, there being a little bit of a linkage there. Uh, that's not what we're discussing. We're just discussing whether or not Judge Berman got uh, the, uh, you know, the ruling right. Uh, Stan, I'll let you go first crack at this. What were your thoughts on uh, Judge Berman's ruling uh, to, you know, null and void on Tom Brady's four-game suspension? Well, I'm glad that someone outside the NFL finally had enough reason to take the air out of Deflate Gate. Uh, I hope we're over this, just as our callers have sent to us and said, enough about this. You know, it's one of those things that if it did happen, it happened for a half when the accusation was made by the Indianapolis Colts, whether it was fed to them by the Ravens, you know, who knows. But, you know, the second half proved that, you know, whether it was full of cement or full of helium or full of hot air or full of cold air, whatever it was, it didn't matter. Uh, it is just, it was another example of the NFL and the little prince, Roger Goodell, overstepping his bounds. And management by reaction, and you know, throwing in a four-game suspension, unjustified to Tom Brady, um, believing he was the culprit. Other than the, the two gentlemen who've been suspended indefinitely, still don't have their jobs back. That may have possibly deflated this. Um, the intrusion on his own personal life, the cooperation. You know, Goodell wanted him to mea culpa, and Tom Brady refused. And because he didn't, um, he said it's four games, and then lo and behold, guess what happens? Here's the thing, though. This is, the, the thing about this ruling, though, is it's not whether or not Tom Brady's innocent. That wasn't what it was. It's all about how the NFL operated and coming to the suspension. And what I find ironic, and if you'll read in our column in tomorrow's uh, newspaper, or if you're, in Wednesday's newspaper, uh, it's ironic that a lot of the NFL's case, I felt it was more towards the fact that Tom Brady didn't cooperate. You know, I think that played a large part into the suspension. And it turns out the NFL didn't cooperate. I mean, Judge Berman, he states in in the, uh, you know, the reason why he's uh, Tom Brady got his suspension lifted is because uh, there was three reasons. Uh, the NFL uh, gave Tom Brady inadequate, uh, inadequate notice, both of his potential discipline and his alleged misconduct. Then they also denied uh, the opportunity for Brady to examine one of two lead investigators, namely NFL Executive Vice President General Counsel Jeff Pash, and then see the denial of equal access to investigative files, including witness interview notes. Here's here's my problems with this here. Your whole, you, you, you give, uh, so the NFL suspends Tom Brady because he didn't cooperate. But then you're taking away the suspension because the NFL didn't cooperate fully. So it's almost a double standard. If you know Tom Brady, he doesn't need to cooperate. If the NFL does, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. And also, 
Tom Brady wasn't aware that he could be suspended or he was, a, you know, of alleged misconduct? Really? The first day that this became a news story, it was focused on Tom Brady. You're trying to tell me he didn't think to himself, hmm, I could be in trouble here. Those, just, those two parts, you know, stand out to me just immediately. I just, I'm... Again, you're too young to probably appreciate or understand this, but it's just, you know, the NFL coming out with this, these Rockefeller laws for this challenge with this competitive balance. They're saying that, you know, uh, the, affecting the game, the rule is, is that anything that infect, affects the competitive level nature of a contest, okay, is met with a fine. Right. And possible potential other punishment okay this is the best analogy i heard it was on talk radio it was probably on espn because it's primarily what i do listen to and what the premise was is if you drive 75 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour speed limit speed zone Mm -hmm. and you're driving at 70 miles an hour you're pulled over okay your license is suspended for two years right should there be an infraction? Should there be a penalty for driving 15 miles an hour over the speed limit? Yes. But would you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that for driving 15 miles over the speed limit, which has never happened to us going to a game as we're running late. We've never done that. But if it happens, we lose our license for two years. It's an overreaction by management. The NFL can't get out of their own way when it comes to punishment. Um, period. I am not saying that four games for Tom Brady is 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 right or wrong when it compares to off the field situations, whether it be DWIs and and the mm-hmm. domestic violence. There's no comparison well, of those two things. And the problem, all is I'm with saying, that, everyone's all, bringing back Ray Rice got suspended not, two games. I'm not even talking about Ray Rice. It doesn't matter if you deflate it. If you impact the game through competitive nature, it's a fine and or mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Four games is definitely excessive. 25% of a season has never happened before. There's no well, precedent. The precedent now is what we did for and it got thrown out. Okay. Well, what bothers me when you, when you talk about how there's no precedent and people complain about, you know, Ray Rice was suspended, what, I think two games? And then they read. The thing with that is, like, the whole domestic violence, people are like, everyone's calling Roger Goodell saying, what? Deflated footballs are more, or you know, you think that's more important than domestic violence. That's not the. That's not it. Right. Tom, that's Roger we Goodell. Do, we do agree on that. Right. Yeah. Roger Goodell made a mistake. So that doesn't mean that ever. Every suspension after that has to be, you know, compared to how he originally had it. Ray Rice was suspended indefinitely. He's still not in the league. That's that's the one thing that bothers Finally. me. Right. Yeah. That's the one thing that bothers me about that is the way people try to spew those things. But yes, the thing is, yes, it's a severe penalty, and it makes you wonder with that, especially with the ESPN story that came out today. That people that the story basically said that a lot of it people think that this is a bit of payback. The way that you know, no one knew exactly what was on those tapes except for the people who found them and smashed them right there and shredded the notes. Supposedly they t- had forty video tape, forty games videotaped and detailed, uh, to stati- you know analysis of what they saw and matched it up and things like that so and a lot of nfl owners and coaches were mad that they didn't know what who was seen and what because there's some coaches i guess that feel cheated for playing against the patriots so people think that maybe that this was payback and the thing about here this is my thought on it completely look if you don't suspend 
Tom Brady. The problem is, I think they should have suspend Bill, suspended Bill Belichick. I mean, you suspend Sean Payton for Bounty Gate. You know, he and he wasn't even directly involved. You know, with Greg Williams, but he's the one who oversees everything. You're trying to tell me the head coach doesn't have. You know, he should be the one who should have been suspended. Give Brady, you know, a game or two. You know, because I do think that you have to suspend Tom Brady because if you don't, what's going to stop the next team from doing this? If you don't make it a harsh penalty, you need to set the example so teams don't do this in the future. You know, I think when they, you know, Roger Goodell made this penalty, he's thinking four games, it'll get reduced down to two. And that's not obviously what happened. But, you know, moving forward, my biggest problem with this is the NFL is not making Tom Brady sit out till this appeal is going to, you know, Actually, the fin- the second appeal, the NFL's bill happens. Here's the problem. It's probably not going to happen over this, after the season. What if the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Turns out Tom Brady does actually serve the four-game suspension and serves it next year. This this Super Bowl championship that they could win would have an asterisk on it. How bad would that be for the league? There's multiple problems. There's chain of custody problems with the way they handle the footballs. You know, baseball does mm-hmm. it. The baseballs are delivered to the umpires. The umpires actually mm-hmm. rub them up. The umpires deliver them. Things like that. And the advantage with baseballs are somebody go out of play that how long could a doctored ball really right, really exactly. last in a game? Because Yeah, I mean, the ball hits the ground, you know. And you know, it automatically gets thrown yep. out and, you know, we all get souvenirs in the front row. Right. Uh, the chain of custody process is bad. The, the There's never been any science about, you know, what does a hen weigh? You know, mm-hmm. what does a football weigh? Well, we know what it weighed, what it should have weighed when it left the factory. Right. right. But... You know anything, anything shipped, whether it be FedEx or UPS or truck or or US mail or anything. You know the environments, the altitudes. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, are we going to say that? You know, Denver's now we're going to say Denver's footballs have to weigh more because the mm-hmm. altitude. And De- there, there was no science behind this. This was just bad punishment once again by the NFL. Uh, Roger Goodell was on the Mike and Mike show on the Mothership on ESPN today. Yeah, he was. They asked him about if this was a reaction to. To Spygate, Roger Goodell on the interview said no, it wasn't. And immediately afterwards, they brought out the the fact that in the first letter sent to the Patriots when he doled out doled out the suspension was that the Patriots have a history and a pattern of circumventing the rules. Mm-hmm. So Goodell once again stepped in it. Again, you know, he's not gonna be able to back walk this one back. And he's wrong. And if they win another Super Bowl, so be it. But uh, I think, uh, you know, it was wrong. And I think Brady shouldn't have been suspended. I shouldn't have been doled out. And I think you have a strong desire to get at least a two-game suspension on him so he doesn't see our bills. (laughs) And that's the number one reason why you want the suspension (laughs) to stand. (laughs) I mean, in all honesty, I think the Bills have the talent to beat the Patriots whether or not Tom Brady's on that field. Well, we'll find out. Right, that's, yeah. Now we'll find out. Exactly. That is the one thing I'm eager to see this because all these Patriots fans, I mean, you scroll through on Twitter and stuff like that, which is what you see, you know, sports is so much different now in age for fans and with social media. You just see everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady, they're going to go out and they're going to go 14-2. They don't have the talent on that team. Like, that's the problem. Like, who's he going to throw to aside from Gronk and Julian Edelman? And they have one running, one running back. LeGarrette Blunt, who's actually seen the field before, and everyone else, except for our boy Deion Lewis from the Capital Region, who looks like he could be the lead back this weekend for him. But, I, you know, it's just, there's that overreaction. Say he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. What? I'm not convinced that he didn't, in fact, he didn't screw with the balls. I mean, the biggest analysis that I got from that this whole thing, when Mark Brunel went on the uh, 
they went on Sports Center or either the NFL Live, one of those shows right after it was right after this actually first happened and right around the Super Bowl before Super Bowl. And he was saying how he just can't believe it. You know, he's how a bunch of ball boys would not adjust footballs without Tom Brady knowing and how there's just no way that Tom Brady can just play you know, turn a blind eye to it. And he almost he almost teared up. He got that emotional. He was that invested into it. Because Mark Brunel's been around the league. He's been there for years and he's one of the you know most upstanding guys out there. And it, that's that really struck with me. And the, the fact that I'm sorry, yeah I'm a Bills fan, but they're the Patriots passed warrants for skepticism. Bill Belichick's passed warrants for skepticism. The guy doesn't talk at press conferences. You know, I mean and you read that um that ESPN report today when he made that uh when he you know first made his um pre- you know uh, pre- he had his press conference or he spoke at that coaches and owners meeting he said he you know misread a rule what happens if you didn't misread a rule here just misinterpreted it and try- they I get it you bend the line you try to do whatever you can to give yourself you know that competitive edge but there's times when you overstep the line and the, what bothers me the most ever goes oh everybody does it that doesn't mean it's right that does not mean it's right i think i think everybody does in the sense that they want the balls a certain way i mean you look at the high school games there's a reason why one team uses one type of ball one mm-hmm. uses another one whether it's a passing team or a running team they use a certain ball to yep. kick and things like that they all do it there's a preference to it and that's what they're doing they're they're rubbing up the balls they're you mm-hmm. know they put them in dryers they put them in water they put them in you know they they put cow dung on them i whatever they want to do to get a better stick on there mm-hmm. is all well and good but just as you said about belichick and the patriots bending the line and bending and bending and pushing it and then eventually breaking it that's what goodell's done and that's where the, the fault is once again he made a bad ruling he said this is what's in writing he he has this quasi committee come up with this punishment he's he's the appellate on this so they have to appeal to the commissioner. Well, and he's obviously not going to overturn his own people. And then it goes on to federal court. And now he loses, and now he wants to cry about it. And you know and that's why he's not going to be there Thursday for the opener. He's going to go, you know, and he's going to go to the Bears Packers game. So that's you know he, he can get going to the Bears Packers. Game yeah, he can that. get booed there. Well, you know? I mean, and he's lucky it's not snowing, so they won't <laughs> throw snowballs at him. So he's lucky there. But he made a mistake. He's got to own up to it. He's got so many errors now. He can't well, get out of his own way. So is, you know what? If he wants to protect the shield, leave the shield alone. Well, I mean, you look at it protecting the shield. I mean, you gotta look. Think you gotta hope that these coaches hold themselves responsible because they're trying to protect the shield too. But you know, I understand there's the thought process that Roger Goodell shouldn't be the one doing the rulings, but he's the commissioner. I mean, he should have that type of power, or he should have some type of say. Whether you want to try to build this committee that just handles the rulings, and that's all that they do. It's just it's tough, and I you know it. it there's our, you know, our there we go. once a podcast, Simon, but it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. I think it's going to, it's, I know that fans are not going to forget about Deflategate for the Patriots this year. And I think the biggest, the thing that scares me the most is what if, and I was a big what if, what if the Patriots win the Super Bowl and Tom Brady gets suspended in the offseason and that, he, that four game suspension should have been played in the first four games this year. That would have re- re- rewritten the script of the entire year. And it would put an asterisk next to the Super Bowl, like all the other ones that the Patriots won already. Don't oh, have the all asterisk. the other ones now. So all, well, so all, all the the spy gang supposedly went on from two thousand up. I mean, that's their entire reign. Here's the thing: you talk about competitive challenge, and, and this is a, a rule that I've always lived that lived by. What's what's the difference between a thief and a good thief? 
They don't get caught. But the Patriots get exactly. caught every time. No, they got caught for something different. And they got so caught again. So they're changing up their game. And got so caught they got, again. they got caught on Spygate. Fact. They admitted to Spygate. Just the way they, they went after this, they defended themselves, the Kraft family, Belichick, the whole, you know, they you know, just like the Buffalo Bills circling the wagons, <laughs> the Patriots did it on Deflategate. So I don't think this was Doth, you know, Doth protest too much. I think they really felt that they didn't, this wasn't an error. I think the science wasn't there. I think the rule was was uh, punished excessively. And I think, you know, hey, Brady came out of Spygate last time, 18-0. So uh, we're going to see what happens. And uh, we're going to close up this podcast so I can, uh, in 10 minutes, draft Tom Brady with uh, <laughs> my number one pick in the fantasy <laughs> draft. And uh, yeah. we can uh, put this one to bed and get ready for a couple more podcasts. Yeah. You know, it's just a shame that we have to talk about this. I mean, football starts, the NFL starts in two days, and we're talking about Deflate Gate. That's like that's what the the shame is. You know, I wish Tom. Thank God it's over. But it's not though. That's the problem. Oh my God, the it's appeal's not. going nowhere. It's over. The appeal will be. It's the appeal's over. Good. We're just not going to hear about it for another for another till about March. We're not going to hear about it for a it's few over. months. No, I, there's going to be an end to the story, it's but. Over. It's It'll over be, for the sake of the podcast. And it, and we'll move on. And it could be over again in another two weeks, you know, when Brady picks apart oh, the you Bills. Have no, no, oh, please, no. Marcel Darius coming back. Oh, I'm, you're going to be driving up to Buffalo to start weighing balls at halftime. On <laughs> 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 one last note, if they want to rate that, want to get, you know, if they want to not have this problem, everyone should just use the same ball. That would eliminate it. They use the same ball, but then, they, again, they rub it up. They, they you No, know. but just both teams use the same ball. And they wouldn't. Then they wouldn't have this problem. They have the money. They can afford more than one ball. <laughs> it's a shame. All right, uh, for uh, DJ Eberly, Stan Hootie, and the entire staff of the Saratogian Family Newspapers, uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. Tell us what you think about Deflategate. Do we have too much hot air surrounding footballs? <laughs> Let us know. Give us a shout on our Sports Sound Off Hotline at area code 518-889-9355 because we want you to give us a yell. At eight eight nine Y E L L, yeah. And if you know, if for some reason talking on the phone is not your uh, your way to uh, communicate, DJ, <laughs> you can email us at sports at saratogian.com and sports at troyrecord.com. And then there's also Twitter. My name on Twitter is at DJ Eberly sixty six. Stan's handle is at Stan Hootie. And then of course we have at Saratoga Sports and at Troy Record Sport. And if you want to talk horse racing, I know the meet's over. We're a bit sad that we just have to focus on high school sports now, but we're also you know a little bit looking forward to the new season at the Pink Sheet. That's another avenue as well. Absolutely. And we'll be watching those balls fly in the air uh, coming up on Friday, and uh, we'll be talking national and local. We got uh, some breaking news on Labor Day. We'll be talking about on tomorrow's uh, uh, Just a Bit Outside podcast, yep. and we'll be talking about those balls going in the air uh, for football and along with a lot of some soccer roundup on Thursday. During the uh, Suburban Sports Roundup. So yeah. once again, uh, thanks for stopping in and listening to the Saratogian On the Record, part of the Sports Podcast Network here at the Saratogian Family Newspapers. And uh, for the big guy, the biggest Bills fan I know, <laughs> ne- ne- next to uh, Big Doug. Yeah, uh, he's in our fantasy Yeah, Big, big Jim uh, going to probably take the crown. As long as he beats you, I'll be happy. Jim, Jim actually, he did pretty well. I believe he beat me. He did better than me last year. You know what? He's like Tom Brady. He won so much, they tried <laughs> to get rid of him. Maybe we'll have Jim on and we'll talk yeah. about uh, fantasy strategy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for Big Jim, 
uh, Everly and DJ Everly and uh, Stanley Hootie here at the, the Saratoga Family Newspapers. Thanks for listening. And once again, until next time, enjoy the game.